Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the After Sunday Discussion, a podcast where two guys talk about the random things in life that they like. We talk about our hobbies, things going on in society, technology, pop culture, basically the variety of different things that we're interested in, we talk about. But today, we are going back to the classic beginning of the After Sunday discussion, and that is starting with a snack review. But before we get into the snack review, I'm one of your hosts, Cody Haggard, and with me, as always, is the one and only Josh Fauzi. I'm currently chewing potato chips, so... (laughs) Josh is currently chewing some potato chips, which brings us into our snack review. Today, we are reviewing a snack. Each of us are reviewing two different types of chips. So what we are doing is we are doing a review of baked Lay's chips versus regular Lay's chips. And I myself will say that baked Lay's in all of its forms is better than regular greasy fatty Lay's. And that means Fritos. I mean, not Fritos. I'm sorry. That means means Lay's and Cheetos, which are the ones that I've had. I really enjoy Lay's in all of its baked goodness. So, Josh, you were over there. You just downed like a bag, a whole entire bag of regular Lay's greasy, nasty chips in one minute. How was it? Delicious. It was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. Classic Lay's. Now, are you a fa- are you normally a fan of classic Lay's? Yes. Okay. I, I literally just <clears throat> ate a bag of baked and had the classic. The classic are better. Okay. The, the baked ones are sweeter. Okay. Baked There's sweeter. like a significant sweetness to them that you okay. can notice. But I feel like you get more chips with the the regular Lay's and they're like that classic, like perfect amount of saltiness and grease to just yeah. make your heart just warm up with probably like blockage, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the that's the thing about chips or anything that's really greasy. When you have residue on your fingers and you just look at your hands and you're like, that went in my body. That went into my <laughs> that went into my my body. The only one that I have. It always makes me a little grossed out. However, it doesn't really stop me from eating chips because I love chips. I love chips and all their goodness. I love Doritos. I love Cheetos. I love hot flaming hot Cheetos. You love flaming hot Doritos. However, I do love flaming <laughs> hot Doritos. Those are fantastic. These flaming hot Cheetos baked over here, I they're think, good. I think that they are next level good. I honestly think the baked Cheetos are better than the regular Cheetos. I agree with that take. So, guys, if you want any tips from us, if you're going to the store and you are trying to decide between baked and regular chips, you can't really go wrong with either one. However, regular regular lays over baked lays. You get more and it costs less. Josh is saying regular lays over baked lays. And it tastes better. I actually say baked lays are way better than regular lays. But for me, I'm not a huge regular lays fan, just a little bit too plain for me. But if you like Josh's opinion better than mine, go with Josh. If in our snack reviews you find that you typically agree with Josh, go with what Josh said. You know said. what I find is interesting? Yeah. They don't make a baked salt and vinegar chip. That's true. Pro- probably because they can't market it as, you know, less salt or whatever they're trying to market. Oh, right? yeah. Because they didn't market the 65% less fat in the baked yeah. chips. Yeah. Which is true. The regular chips in one of these snack packs that you buy from the store has 15 grams of fat, and the baked has only four. Yeah. So, a lot less fat. Yeah. I will say that, which is which means a lot less calories, because mm-hmm. fat's the most 
calorie dense macronutrient yeah. in food. So anyway. and and baked chips have no trans fats, the worst fats. You don't want to eat trans fats. Neither does regular chips. All right, so you don't have to worry about trans fats in either one of them. Neither do Fritos. Neither do Fritos. All right, so here we are. I, I just I just want to say something real quick, real quick. I had a a moment where I felt smart. This this doesn't happen often. It doesn't. You're happen. married. It doesn't happen often. Okay. 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 So so here's the deal, and this isn't even that important. Basically, we were talking about our snack review, how we were going to look at baked chips versus regular chips, and I just looked over at the chips that we had in the house because we have a bunch of these fun size snack packs, whatever you want to call them, and, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I was just like, I looked over there and I was like, you know what? I, I bet you, just looking at them, Doritos are like the unhealthiest chips on the planet. Sure enough, we looked at the nutrition facts. Not Fritos. Doritos. Fritos. Fritos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fritos are probably like the unhealthiest snack on the planet. Sure enough, we looked over on the on the nutrition facts of Fritos, and they are terrible for you. 340 calories in one little fun size bag. Yes, and I mean we ch- we looked at the rest of his chips, and he has what six different varieties, or is it 320? Yeah, 320 in there. Okay. Yeah, it has the most. Calories out of. However, in this one little bag of chips, you're getting 14% of your daily sodium intake, which is pretty high when you think about it, because there's a lot of things with a lot of sodium in it. it. Just Fritos, they're they're not great for you. However, they taste so good. Fritos taste so good, aren't they? Just delicious. I kind of want to open this bag now. <laughs> ah, let's wait. Till, let's wait till we're not recording. Okay. But uh, we we uh, had this weekend. Josh came over on Sunday. Uh, we actually yeah. record. We call it the after Sunday discussion. We actually record them on Tuesdays. So, well, sometimes we record them on Sundays. Yeah, sometimes we record them on Sundays. They're they're discussions we have after Sundays. Yeah, these so. are the types of discussions. So basically, for those of you who don't know this, we should probably start saying this in the intro. These are the types of conversations Josh and I have after going to church on Sunday. So it's like you go to church on Sunday. You wait, but you started going to church on Saturdays now. So. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Hey, but most people go to church on Sundays. Yes, I know. And <clears throat> so, the types of conversations you go to sun, Sunday service, you worship, you you learn a Bible lesson, and then you hang out with your your friends, your family afterwards. You just have a talk, right? And you have a talk. Maybe you talk about the message. Maybe you talk about the sermon. But mostly, you just talk about the random things in life that you like. And so, we hung out on Sunday. In the afternoon, Josh and I and my wife, and then two of our friends came over as well, uh, Sean and Lauren, who I think we can name because they're actually coming on the podcast next, next week. week. Yes. They're going to be on Raking Coals recording with us, and they're going to be talking about, we are going to be talking about how they met, and they met through Tinder. Tinder. So these are people, they're Christians, they met through Tinder, they got you know, they got married after dating for a while. And they've been married for, I think, two or three years, three years, two years. Two years. They'll tell us when they're on. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, we should know. I was in their wedding. You were at their wedding. Yeah, it's we true. We should know. This yeah, is We bad. should probably It's been know. two years. <laughs> three years. I can't remember. Man, time flies by. But anyway, really good people. They came over in. Two years. Two and a half years. Almost three years. They will clarify. I'm sure, you know, we'll tell them to listen to this episode and then you know, text us what, what the answer is. But anyway, it's really good to hang out with people. And, and one thing that I found was really nice is I don't know if, 
if people who listen to this are closer to our age or what. But something that's just really good. It's so good to have friends in life who are at the same stage of life as you, similar age, going through the similar things, getting together, having lunch together, having a meal, and just sitting down, talking, and hanging out. Like, it was just, it was such a good we time. We didn't just have a meal, though. We had two. That's true. We, lunch were, and we were together for nine hours. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was a day. Long. It was like a family day. It was great. It wasn't planned that way. No. But that's what it turned out to be, and it was awesome. And it was fine. You know, my kids liked it. They were pretty good most of the day, and we just hung out. It was a good time. I felt really bad for Sean and Lauren, though, because we played this game called Sheriff of Nottingham, which is a game of lying. Yeah, that's true. And, and Cody's kids... They wanted to be on their team. They wanted to be on their team, and it just, I felt so bad because those kids, your kids, do not lie. They don't lie. They don't lie. They don't lie. They didn't lie during the game. They didn't I lie during the game. Guarantee you, they probably lie. They lie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember because it's like you're supposed to pass things around, like you're trying to get things past other players, and you just look at. I was looking at Sean. I was just like, Sean, what do you got in your pouch? And you're there's like, it's. Robin Hood theme so it's like yeah. chickens eggs hens and stuff and he goes I have four chickens and I just and Leo looks straight up at him literally he goes I have four chickens he goes no we only have three which means he's lying which means as the sheriff I could open his pouch and take his money but <laughs> yeah. yeah my oldest son he's really proud of his ability to be able to count and like differentiate numbers and stuff you know like it was so, great it was so cute but I felt bad because they had no chance winning that game so, so he's he's really into Super Smash Brothers these days oh and so he gets a kick out of, of playing me and, and, and anytime we play I really don't go as hard as I can on him because I mean it would just make him cry right like if I just right. beat him every time but he gets a kick out of every time we we have a match he likes to count up how many times he knocked me out how many times I knocked him out so he's really fascinated with his ability to be able to say like you did this five times and I did this six times and you know, he's just kind of at that age where it's like I'm learning things and I want to display that I'm smart Nice. But That's it's good. really good. And, and so my, my thing is, anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you haven't gotten together with your closest friends, your best of friends, just to do something together, do so. It's really refreshing. It's really good for life. And like, like and I'm going to clarify that. I'm going to put like a caveat on that. Like, sure. Like, so this past weekend, I got to go to my cousin's housewarming, mm -hmm. which was a ton of fun. I didn't know that many people there, but it's just like. Like, like I kind of felt bad because like, like they're hosting, so they're making dinner. They're making like they need to make sure the fire is going. They need to make sure everybody's happy. Like everybody's talking amongst themselves. But like, like when I say when we say get together with people, it's like something that's low maintenance that you can actually spend time with right. everybody there. Yeah, and and just like a small gathering where, like, you have a good amount of quality time oh yeah because there will be the i mean like yeah what was it to today's tuesday so sunday i mean you you and sean went and grabbed the pizzas yeah so i mean like there's stuff like that that mm -hmm. will happen but at the same time it's just like you want a good chunk of that time to just yeah. be hanging out and not worrying about yep. is the food cooked is the place clean yep. is it like are there issues in the street with parking yep. like stuff like that. paper yeah. plates in costco are just phenomenal lifesavers <laughs> just phenomenal just throw away all the mess yeah, you do a lot of things with paper plates and i mean my philosophy was right like at costco they're working hard they're making all these things like pre-prepped stuff why not just go do 
that? Why would I slave over lunch and dinner right. for hours on end when somebody else has already done it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which the sandwiches were really good. They were good, man. I'm hungry again. They were good. I There's just more sandwiches like in there if, if you want some. Of chips. But anyway, so Josh, we're going to have like... We're going to have like a Cody is a giant nerd 2.0. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here. It's great. It's I'm, great. So <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So last week, would it, be, would it be last week? I don't know. When are you posting this? Uh, it, is, it is two weeks ago. Okay. Two weeks ago. Um, we got into a conversation on the after Sunday discussion, the previous episode, about the Joker movie and early reviews. Mm-hmm. And Cody very much was like, they're not showing the bad reviews. When the bad reviews come out, it's going to just completely tank the score. And the very next day, I'm on Facebook, and I follow this group called CBR, mm-hmm. which is comic book, I can't, is comic book reviews, I think is what they're, what it stands for. That CBR. Um, and across my feed comes, like, hot off the presses, bad reviews for The Joker, which was the movie that we were talking about. Drops its Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I sent it like mo- like literally a second after I saw it and finished reading it. I sent it to Cody. Yeah. And how did you feel? I, I felt so. I just felt so much like I was smart again. Like another moment where Cody feels pretty smart, and you, you know the, the the thing that was funny about it is is I was just so skeptical of like why are they releasing movie reviews. Six weeks before a movie's going to come out. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't necessarily get me excited to go see it or watch it. It almost feels like they're pandering at that point, right? And then at that point, it was like, oh, there actually are negative reviews for this movie. It's a superhero movie that's actually not in the 90%. Well, that makes a whole lot more sense, right? And and then it was there were some, like, huge tanking reviews, and, and they brought it down to, like, the 77th percentile which don't get me wrong i mean i think the movie looks like it'll be pretty entertaining but at the same time i was like man that just seems a little overrated and so i was like yeah i was right about something (laughs) yeah but i mean it is becoming a growing trend when it comes to like trying to get news out about movies yeah like i just saw an article the other day of like they released concept art for the next jurassic world movie okay and like the the headline was fans 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 who saw concept art are delighted. It's just like, yeah, but the movie doesn't come out until what, next year, two years from now? Like what what does that help? Like just to like, let us yeah. know that another movie's coming? We already knew it was gonna be a trilogy. And I like, mean it, it Okay. Concept art for Jurassic World. Everybody, we all know that the Velociraptors, the T-Rexes, all of the dinosaurs are going to look the same. You're going to know what they are. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool to see concept art, whatever. But, you know, just these things. And, and here's what I think it is. This is just my personal opinion. I think that what's happening is... Media outlets, especially like entertainment media outlets, journalistic outlets, what they're trying to do is they're trying to do things that can put them above the YouTube atmosphere. Because right now you have huge YouTube channels that do movie reviews and movie analysis and all this stuff that 
journalists used to do and movie reviewers used to do and and they still do obviously right but it's like okay how can you put those people in a position where they can get above the youtube audience because for example if i found a youtuber that i liked their movie reviews and i find that i typically like their reviews i'm gonna wait till they go see the movie watch their review and then decide whether or not i want to go see it so now what you're doing is you're not only giving the movie a slight edge in marketing if you can market good reviews but then what you're also doing is you're kind of keeping that that professional quote-unquote professional journalistic atmosphere intact it's it almost feels like a a back scratching type of thing like okay because you write reviews for the new york times you get to come to see it five or six weeks early right before those youtubers can go see it or whatever and now you know i'm being i'm being a little bit you know conspiracy theory at that point but it's it is a way for for the the movie making companies and the journalistic outlets to continue this ongoing relationship they've had for so many years and i've always been skeptical of a lot of movie critics because it's like man there's just some things that get extremely good reviews that were just okay and some things that get extremely bad reviews that were just okay but they should be closer to like 50 percent each you know what i'm saying but yeah anyway I mean, it's like you look at the Academy Award winners for like Best Picture. There's a lot of movies that critically they're phenomenal and they win the award, but most people never went and saw them. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean that's 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 what happens. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's an industry. They make money mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah, but it's just like I'm I'm kind of going through. So apparently, CBR stands for Comic Book Resources. Sorry. I apologize. I bet you there's like some somebody who's a huge fan of CBR who was just screaming <laughs> at you like 10 minutes ago like, Josh, you're such an idiot. Comic book resources. But it's like, I, it's just like I'm, I'm scrolling through their feed of articles that they're posting to Facebook. And it's, it's just interesting because they, I mean, they're talking about things that are, I mean, like the new Batman movie that's supposed to be coming out. I don't know when. Okay. Uh, they're talking about like, um, like God, do you even care about Batman? Like, do you care? Like, I'm kind of at a point where I was like, we've had Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. I just, I don't see, I don't see a superhero trilogy getting much better than that. Y- you know, like, I don't really care about what they do with Batman. I just don't. Well, so supposedly this one is an adaptation of The Long Halloween, which is one of my favorite comic books. It is. It's a good So I'm, good I'd probably series. watch it, but at the same time, too, like, Dark Knight Rises ruined the Nolan series for me. What? I wasn't a big fan of it. Okay. Why? Why weren't you a big fan Convoluted of it? Convoluted story. Didn't really make that much sense. What didn't make sense? The entire Gotham Police Department goes into the sewer system. Yes. That. Why? Because why would you? They had how do, to. How do they? How? Why and how? How do they all fit? The League of Shadows, man. You don't mess with them. That didn't make any sense. Um, okay, so you build up Bane to be like this humongous like villain, and then you find out he's just a pawn at the end, and you're just like, okay, whatever. Like. He wasn't just a pawn. I mean, he really had his own motivations. He still pulled off what he did, but it was, you know, in coordination 
Okay, let's let's go with if Talia Al Ghul. Talia in the truck mm-hmm. when the truck crashes. Yeah, I mean, she's like essentially knocked unconscious. Like, like you see her like injured and stuff, and then. Um, Commissioner Gordon just walks out the back like nothing happened when he was sitting there with like a two-ton bomb. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now my memory of this movie is starting to get a little fuzzy. It's been a while since I watched it, but no. Because it's not a movie that you're going to watch again. I I would rather watch Batman Begins and, of course, The Dark Knight before I watch Dark Knight Rises. I just remember liking it quite a bit. I think it's good, man. You need, to, you need to rewatch you're it. You're not the first person I've heard criticize it, but let's let's think about it this way. We have so many superhero movies now. It is still, I would say that The Dark Knight Rises is still a top 10 all-time superhero movie. Agree. Okay. Agreed. See, Agreed. yeah. So, so we're talking about the worst part the worst part <laughs> of a trilogy being one of the best superhero movies ever made. That's true. So, so when your weakest link is still a phenomenal movie, uh, I think yeah, I think I you're know. you're hitting. Uh, would it be top ten? I mean, there's a lot of Marvel movies. There's a lot of Marvel movies, but here's what I'll say about Marvel movies. Marvel movies use uh, too many of the same plot devices for every character, and you know what I'm saying, like. Agreed. Like they kind of use the same plot device for their first movie in just about every series they're gonna run. Whereas I will say that what was unique about about Batman is they used a lot of those similar origin story superhero plot devices, but they really found a way to grow and evolve Bruce Wayne throughout the the series that actually it, it kind of made sense as a progression. You have you have him rising to prominence in Batman Begins. You have the Dark Knight, which is kind of at his his career i guess biggest success in bringing bringing down the joker but it was also his life's biggest loss right, right. like as batman he brings down also his biggest failure right because yeah. he can't save rachel and no cuz he also i mean cuz what ha- what happens with dent makes right. him two faced so yeah. like yeah and, and so it's like you have this you you have the hero's journey work really well in in Batman Begins through The Dark Knight Rises. Now, I, I think one of the things they did with The Dark Knight Rises is they almost had too many too many plot movements to the point of where it was like, it almost felt underwhelming when Bruce Wayne breaks his back and then he's, he's back like right away. You know, he didn't really kind of go through a point of kind of having to earn that strength back. Like they had the montage thing, right? Like right. The, the, the Rocky montage type of deal in there. But... It, it was super quick. It was super quick. It didn't really feel like I would. Like here's almost, a guy who just broke his back twice. Like, yeah, I would have <laughs> almost rather them not have him go through that that injury and have him also, do that, but have some type of other. Fall and then you got the huge plot rise. hole of here's a guy who lost everything. How do you get back to Gotham City? Alfred got him back somehow. But Alfred, uh, Alfred got him back somehow. But didn't Alfred like disown him completely by that time? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he did. I don't remember. Because he was like, <laughs> he was like, you're not going out and being Batman again. And he's just like, I am. And he's just like, well, if you're going to be Batman, I'm leaving. And you left. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember that. It's been a while. I haven't watched the movie for at least like five years. 
Yeah, you need to watch it. I went and saw... So, interesting thing about Dark Knight Rises, I went and saw that movie at a midnight showing in Chicago. Haas and I had just gotten married a couple weeks before that, and when we were younger and uh, kidless, we really liked going to midnight shows of movies. And so, we had just gotten married, and we went to go see the midnight show, and it was like, oh, that was so fun. I don't think I had to work the next day or anything like that. And I got up, and I'm reading the article about the movie theater in Denver, and I was like, oh my goodness. I'm never going to do a midnight show again. And I don't think we ever did. I don't think we ever went to like a, well, that's not true. We just went went to one. Yeah, you went to Um, Endgame with me. But Endgame was the first time we went to a late night movie after that, because I was was pretty freaked out. Cause it was like, holy cow, that crazy person was in Denver. I was in Chicago at the time. There's lots of crazy people in Chicago with guns, and lots of guns. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, we'll stick to the daytime shows. <laughs> Just play it safe. Not like that matters at all, but whatever. It doesn't. But I, I feel like there is, there is like people are less crazy in the daytime, in general. Gen- generally speaking, there's something about the nighttime. There's something about darkness where I feel like people are it's like because all the sane people go away and then they just leave the crazy. Yeah. But I feel like the crazy's just always there because at nighttime, you know, everyone's at home watching Netflix doing their thing, and then all the crazy people they go out and they're like, "I'm gonna prey on the people who are stupid enough not to watch Netflix tonight." And guys, I'm sorry. This oh, is, this oh. is, sounds really insensitive. Talking about Netflix. I'm changing the topic because okay. I'm done with this. <laughs> Talking about Netflix. Did you see what Netflix just picked up? What they announced they picked up? No. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I, this is going to sound really, really... You don't like Seinfeld. It's not that I don't like Seinfeld. I just haven't seen a lot of it. Okay. And I kind of assumed like that Seinfeld was already on Netflix. <laughs> I, I just, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't remember what was it two years ago when Hulu picked it up for some ridiculous amount of money? No. No? I'm I'm pulling up this article right now. No, I don't. I, I want to know. I it was it was a ton of money. Um Well, that's good for Netflix. We were just kind of talking about last week how Netflix is gonna have to do some things to continue to compete with Disney Plus as Disney Plus is is trying to storm in and really wreak havoc here in the the realm of streaming, which is fine. I mean, that's capitalism. That's the way the world turns. But... Uh, okay, so so the streaming rights for Seinfeld um, to remain on... Wait, no. Give me a sec. No? Give me a sec. I'm trying to... Well, while you look... While you look, here's what I'll say about Seinfeld. I think Seinfeld's very funny. I've seen quite a few episodes, but I've never just I've never been one to sit down and watch like massive episodes at a time. And Josh, you know me. I say this on this podcast a lot. I don't watch that many TV series. I just I don't watch a lot of them. I don't know why that is. It's not that I don't like a lot of them. It's just I what I do a lot is I'll like start some, I'll watch some and then I'll drop out, I'll dip out. Um and then I'll go a long time without watching any TV or anything like that. Sometimes I'll bounce into like some games and then I'll bounce into TV or I'll bounce into like a movie series. I'll bounce into books. I like to read a lot. So it's really hard to keep up with reading and TVing and video gaming. So typically I'm only really doing one of those things Mm -hmm. at a time. And right now I'm, I'm all 
getting myself prepped for March when Final Fantasy VII Remake eventually comes out. Oh, you want to talk about this now? We'll find. We'll get our facts in in line about Seinfeld, and then I will have my giant nerd Final Fantasy VII Remake moment here in the podcast. And have I ever talked about? Have I ever talked about Final Fantasy VII on this podcast? I have no idea. I think I've mentioned it before. I think I've mentioned... I know I've mentioned Final Fantasy before. I don't know if I've ever mentioned about how Final Fantasy VII's like my favorite game, but you you found it. Yes, I found All it. All right. Okay, I confirmed it. So, back in 2015, Hulu bought the license to stream Seinfeld for $160 million. $160 million is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Okay. <clears throat> Gizmo, Gizmodo, is reporting that Netflix, to buy the rights from Hulu, spent an extra $500 million. Which I don't believe because they are so in debt. <laughs> yeah, you know more about this Netflix debt stuff than I do, but... You were just telling me what they're like in the billions of dollars in debt, right? Yes. Yes, they are. They're wow. ridiculously amount. But I mean, you think about it. They paid they paid $425 million to Warner Media for Friends. Okay. And they're losing Friends. And they're losing The Office. So they had to pick up Do something. you like Friends? No, I don't like Friends. Okay. I, I'm more of a How I Met Your Mother friend, yeah. fan. Yeah, I think I like, it's a better series. Yeah, I think How I Met Your Mother is is a better series because it has an overarching story that's actually interesting and matters. And I think Friends has its funny moments. I, I don't necessarily think that Friends is this just amazing sitcom that everybody makes it out to be. I think a lot of people ride the nostalgia train more than mm-hmm. anything with Friends. And don't get me wrong, that's fine. If you watched it in the 90s and early 2000s and you really liked it and you like to go back and watch it, that's great, you know. But just, you know, it, it's it's probably more a nostalgic thing than it being this really, really good sitcom, you know. Well, it's like my feelings of The Office now. I'd rather watch Parks and Rec than watch The Office. Yeah. I think Parks and Rec was a much better series. I, but I see I don't I don't necessarily agree that the office is is not a good show though. Like I think uh, I think there is a lot of objectivity to the office and, and like we talked about this a Let's few be weeks honest. ago. The office you end up wa- we said this a couple of weeks ago. You end up just watching for uh, Jim Dwight and Mike. That's yeah. essentially it. Yeah, and it's the the office is really only strong in it's in the middle, right? Like right. halfway through season 2 until Michael leaves, even even the last season that Michael was on there wasn't very good, and you know it's that's kind of how the show is. But but I feel like its strongest years are really funny. Like I, I think it's I think it's some really cool work in in how they filmed it, and how they decided to write it at that point. And I thought it worked really well. I liked it. I thought it was hilarious. But anyway, moving on from The Office. Final Fantasy VII. I got to talk about you, this. He's been wanting to talk about this for so, so long. So if you guys listen to this podcast. Are you going to talk about the ridiculous thing that you did two weeks ago? No. When you were sick? You have to bring that up. Okay, I'll bring it up. But, you know, it's kind of embarrassing now. He that is a huge it. Final Fantasy fan. So anyway. Fanatic. I, 
I am a big Final Fantasy fan. I know Fanatic. I've talked about playing it a little bit on this podcast. You play and, a lot. And so what I what I have come to realize though is that now it Josh, you can answer this too. Is, oh, is this going into you are also very smart kind of no, thing too? No, 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 no. We're not gonna talk about that anymore today. So Josh, what is your favorite video game ever made? That's really hard. Just name one of your top five. Top five? Yeah, one of them. Or a couple of them. Uh, Arkham Knight. uh, Not Arkham Knight. um, Arkham Asylum. Okay. was a great game. Love that game. Okay. Um, Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Love that game. Um, I'm trying to think. Battlefront 2 on the PS2. That was a great game. Oh, for a, for a second, <laughs> I, my mind went to Battlefront 2, like the newest one. I was no. like, really? No, no, <laughs> okay. on the PS2. Yes, yeah. Okay, I got you. Uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, when yeah. it first came out. Yeah. Actually, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Modern Warfare 2 was better, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. So if I were to ask you about those video games, would you say that most of them, if not all of them, you can remember like certain experiences in life going on at the same time yeah. you were playing those games. Like mm-hmm. there's almost like this parallel between what was going on in your life and your enjoyment of the game. Yes. It's kind of like this mashup of you didn't just like the games because you played them and they were just objectively really good. But they almost they were almost like a huge part of what was going on in real life. Right, because at the time, from a lot of the games, everybody else was playing on it. Yeah. So, like, you were able to build that, like, help build community with the people that you were around the most. Yeah. Because, like, my neighbor across the street was playing Battlefront Battlefront 2. I was playing Battlefront 2. Okay. Yeah, he might have been on a different console but i could still play the game right like i knew how to play the game right um like you were part of this cultural phenomenon right 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 right. or like like when modern warfare came out the original one Mm -hmm. okay i mean that's what we used to do after bible study was we we get on the ps ps3 and just you guys were so that's just like an (laughs) ironic thing to be talking about on a a podcast right now like oh we had bible study and then we went around and killed each other for a while (laughs) but i mean or or like you talk about like I like comic books, so like Arkham Asylum was a great game. I love yeah. the whole Batman universe. Um, but then that like you get the family get togethers and you talk to all the cousins who pl- who are playing the game too because yeah. they're all nerds also. So yeah. it's just like, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always there's something attached to each video game or like, yeah. there's a memory attached to it. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna tell you the story. I've never told you the story about why I love Final Fantasy VII. Have okay. I? This is is, is a time for Josh and I's friendship to grow even stronger. Um, So Final Fantasy VII, it's a game came out in 1997. My brother had got it for the PlayStation 1 shortly after he got his PS1. I think we got it in like 98. But I remember when he got the game for Christmas. I was pretty young. I was like eight at the time. And I remember just seeing this case and it has this guy with this huge sword on his back and spiky blonde hair. And I was like, oh my goodness, that game looks really cool. Eric, what do you got over there? <laughs> and anyway, I remember just watching him play it. And, and at that time, I didn't really, I, I didn't really, I, you know, you're young, so you're kind of just learning how to read. And 
Final Fantasy was a type of game where you had to you had to read and you had to know where they were telling you to go because it was before, you know, object right. markers on the map and, and all that stuff. So you kind of had to pay attention to the narrative. Now I've, I've played it as an adult and it's like, oh, it's super easy. But anyway, I was a kid. I loved watching him play it, but I tried playing with it, dabbling with it a little bit, but I think I was just kind of too young to really get through the story. Um, so we'll fast forward like a year we had to move from the house we were living in. My parents had gone through a divorce, and so the house that we were all in, we moved, and we were living in a smaller house, and it was a really weird year. So when I was in third grade, I was in third grade, and we were only living in that house I lived in from third grade for one year. Like, we lived in this house from, you know, the summer of 99 to summer of 2000. It was like one year, It was, and it was a very strange year because... Um, I didn't have any friends, and you know me, like I. You're a social butterfly. I'm I'm Mr. Social, but yeah. in that year, I, I I didn't socialize with a lot of people. I lived in a cul-de-sac. Uh, there were some really sketchy kids who lived down the street from me, who were kind of my same age, and we hung out together, we played together. But I stopped hanging out with them when they stole my copy of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and lied about it. That was a great game. That was a great game. Right? That was a great game. I mean, anyone would want to steal it. You <laughs> Pro Skater Two was better. <laughs> oh man, Josh! Of course, Pro Skater Two was better, but yeah. but it was better out soundtrack yet. too. <laughs> and, and so anyway, they stole my copy of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. They were like my only friends, and I knew they stole it, and they were just lying about it. And it, ironically, like three years later, when no one's playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, they found me. They ended up going to the same church as us for a while. I'll, I'll tell you who they are off the mics. And uh, and they're like, oh, hey, we were just moving some boxes around and we happened to find your Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome because like everyone's playing Nintendo 64 in 2002, you know? Right, right. <laughs> oh. But you anyway, reminded me of another game that was my favorite. Was that? Nightfire. Oh, yeah, Nightfire was good. That was great. Nightfire was the last good 007 game. Rest in peace. Honestly. Rest in peace. Isn't it amazing that the worst James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, had the best James Bond video games? Oh, yeah. It was so weird. <laughs> uh, and I really wanted to like From Russia With Love because it had Sean Connery, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. No, no I never even no. tried it. I was like... Uh, it was that, that third person view one yeah. that was just like, uh, whatever. At that point, 007 games had really kind of fallen off and I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> it's all about Call of Duty now. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So anyway, had no friends. And and then this is what happens, man, is literally like a week before my 10th birthday. And my brother goes and like breaks his leg. Compound <laughs> fractures his leg. And so... Eric, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. why. The, yeah. and, and anyway, he breaks his leg, gets all this attention. You know, he he's... <laughs> I'm gonna sound really pessimistic. I was just spoiled Brad about this. But he had a really bad fracture on his leg. He ended up missing like the rest of the school year. He had to get rehabilitated, relearn how to walk, all that stuff. It was a terrible, terrible leg injury. But as a ten year old, I didn't care. I was like, he he gets a TV in his room now. Like we used to share a room. So mm -hmm. I you know, we used to share everything, so everything was in our room together. So then he ended up getting a, a new room. He they moved him down to like the den area and you know, he's getting all this attention and so it was like, Oh, this is stupid. I, I, I honestly I didn't have anything to do. Just to come home. I didn't have any friends. It was just come home, be by myself, you know, Eric was being all pampered and whatever and <laughs> 
So, so if he ever and, listens to this, he's going to come over here and just punch you. You know that, right? There's a, there's a story about that uh, for another time. But uh, but anyway, I was just I was really jealous, and so what I ended up doing was, um, and at that time I was I was kind of like a sad kid. I was like, we moved, we moved away from all my friends. I don't really have any friends here. We had to cancel my tenth birthday party because my brother went and broke his leg and. And so it was around that time that I started, it was the winter of 2000, I started, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take this cool game, I saw Eric play, I'm going to play through it, called Final Fantasy VII, and I I ended up playing through, like, the entire thing. And I, I know it took me, like, ages and ages. I started in, like, February, I think I finished, like, at the end of the school year or something like that. And I had to ask Eric to help me out so many times, right? So it was kind of like this bonding moment for us where I was kind of getting over my jealousy of his broken leg because, you know, since he couldn't move, he had to help me, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) So anyway, I went through this game, and what it it did is, you know, we were used to playing games like Mario, Donkey Kong, Mario Kart, and, and then for me it was this game that was this big, huge adventure. And at that time... I didn't really grasp a whole lot of the concepts of the story. You know, I was 10, really young. But um, but I remember it is just this, like, big, huge story that, that started off with, like, a group of ragtag people trying to blow up this reactor who end up then going and saving the world from this guy who wants to blow it up with a giant comet. And, and it was one of these things where I was like, holy cow, you can do this in video games? Like, you can... You can go on these big long adventures, and I remember I used to be able to convince my mom that it was a good game for me to play because there was a lot of reading in it. I was like, "It's kind of like reading a book," <laughs> so it's okay that <laughs> it's okay. I'm playing a lot of it. Look how much reading there is in there. <laughs> and so, so played through the, it was just this big grand epic adventure, and I remember just loving it, not really understanding much about the story, not really understanding much about um, what it was, and and so I've replayed the game multiple times in my life since then, and and it's one of those things where yes, like I was talking about nostalgia earlier, there's still a lot of nostalgia tied to it for me, but it's one of those things where as I've grown up and as I've gotten older, I can look at it and be like, yes, there's the nostalgic factor, but there's still a lot of really good things in this game. Like the story's really good, the characters are really strongly developed, and it's one of those things in life where you look at and it's like even though I've grown up, this is still good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, I can look at things I liked when I was a younger kid that I can look at and be like, it's no longer good. Like mm-hmm. I used to love the movie Beethoven as a kid about the dog, Beethoven. I watch that movie now and I'm like, that's absolute garbage. <laughs> it's just trash, right? And so... But they made like 40 of them. <laughs> I don't know how many they made. But anyway, I, I was thinking about it because now they're making a remake of this game. Uh, I've wanted them to remake Final Fantasy VII since the PlayStation 2 was a thing. I was like, I would just want to see this game in better graphics. And now it is almost here, March 3rd, 2020. And I'm thinking about it, and the more I see of this game, the more I'm like, maybe I don't want a remake. I want to play the remake, but at the same time, do I really want to potentially... Spoil. Look at the remake and be like, huh, it's not as good. Because <laughs> now I can play the original and and be like, you know, this has some really mm-hmm. objectively good things. Whereas there's some things about the remake I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of 
Japanese games as as it is, um, because I think there's a certain style that's kind of in the modern era that I don't love. Like I always say, Final Fantasy 13 almost made me never want to play another Square Enix game because it was just like, what what happened to this company? Mm-hmm. And so, um, Square Enix has been through a lot though. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've had their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know an interesting story about the company, you should watch. They did a, a documentary about Final Fantasy fourteen, which is extremely fascinating um, because it's, it's basically... I'm not going to go too far into it. Watch the documentary. It's really interesting. But anyway, so now it's like, oh, this big, huge phenomenon. And I'm looking and I'm seeing all these people on the internet who are younger than me. And I was pretty young when Final Fantasy seven came out. Right, who are younger than me, all hyped about this game, and I'm like, "Yo, you posers! You weren't even there in the beginning. This game is for me. It's not for you." But then I really got to think about it, and I was like, "No, this game is for the next generation. This game is for people who have heard about it so many times, but maybe they can't get into the old blocky polygon art style." And and you know, the thing that makes me nervous is like for. And it doesn't even really make me nervous because at the end of the day, who really cares, right? Right. But it's like, I don't want its legacy to be tarnished because it's something like people who are my age, who love like these RPGs and adventure games have talked about this game for ages, right? For mm-hmm. like for like most of our life. And then say this remake comes out and people are like, this is absolute garbage. <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're just like, no, no, no. The original is really good because what they're also, they're splitting the game up into like multiple parts. Of course. So, of course. And they're coming out in seasons, probably? I don't know. They don't even know how they're going to do it. So so they said they're going to release it in episodes, but they don't know how many there's going to be, and they haven't necessarily planned out the next one. And I'm like, what? What? How do you even, how do, you even do that? So you're like, going to get like a tenth of the game and wait like six months to get the next tenth. Yeah. But, uh, but also listen to this. Listen to this. Um... So, we all know the PlayStation 5 is coming in 2020, right? Right. Like, they've basically said that. I think they have said that, like, officially. I don't know. Why wouldn't... Here's my thing. Why wouldn't you just put off the development of the game for a while? Just put it off for, like, a year or two. And then just make this massive game for the PlayStation 5, right? You know, have it be, like, this massive title that you can kind of promote the console with. You can obviously get a lot of sales with. That's what I would do. Um, be instead of like the piecemeal thing, like, and it's kind of interesting because the episodic thing that phase is totally over now. I mean, look at Telltale, the people who kind of pioneered the episodic thing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just out, they're like out of business now. Um, um, yeah, but wait, there's like someone who's like re uh, resuscitating, resurrecting right. the company, but I don't know a whole lot about that. I don't really follow that much. Uh, in the gaming, if it doesn't have to do with Final Fantasy VII Remake, because that's really the only game I look forward to. But then I had this realization. I was like, holy cow. The game I'm most excited to play is a remake of a game that's over 20 years old. And that just kind of goes to show... It's, How does that make you feel? It makes me. It makes me feel like video games are no longer for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like the brand new games coming out, they're for they're for younger people. Mm-hmm. And, and like, are you calling yourself old? No, because I'm not old. But it's one of those things where it's like, man, like they're not going to be the same as they used to be. You know, like and and you probably know that now. Like you've probably 
had that experience like Spider-Man. You've you've played it and it's like it was like this big deal, right? And and then you probably play it and you're like, yeah, it was a good game. It's a fun game. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. It's not like you're gonna have a lot of stories about the games right. you play as an adult, right? Whereas like I had this long tale, this long story <laughs> about. Final Fantasy VII and the impact it had on me. I have a story about Final Fantasy IX as well, but we've been talking. <laughs> we've been talking Final Fantasy. Okay, for a while. can I just point something out really yeah. quick? So you're getting suckered in by the nostalgia factor. Yes. For a video game. Yes. In which the company doesn't have to pay to develop the story, the plot, the characters, or anything. They're literally just upgrading the graphics and they're pushing it out well they are they're and they're doing, gonna make a ton of money and you're gonna pay them a lot more than what you paid for the original game yeah. they're doing a lot to adjust the story like they're they've said they're expanding the story so that's it, if they think you maybe they think you don't remember what the story originally was and they just push out the same story but it, you know i remember the original story <laughs> yeah but do 99 percent of everybody else Probably not. I mean, most people probably haven't played through it, you know, more than once or even finished it. And it, no, no, I think that they they should tell the same story because I think that's what most fans want. But they they've said they're going to expand on it. Now, I don't know exactly what that means or what that looks like. That's another thing that makes me nervous, too. It's like the original story is pretty good, you know, maybe just voice acting and good animation it's all you need and whenever you hear things about story expansion or extension or reimaginings it's like oh that makes me real it makes me real nervous you know this is what's gonna happen and i'm gonna parallel it to something else that i know you love okay okay square enix is essentially the publisher of like let's say they're they're publishing a book mm-hmm. and this book final fantasy is lord of the rings for you oh man how would you feel if the publisher of Lord of the Rings came out and said, we're going to expand the story. We're going to reimagine and retell the story of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, and, man. And also, we're not going to sell it to you as a trilogy. We're going to give you it chapter by chapter over three years. We're going to charge you 10 bucks a chapter. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, it'd be infuriating. Well, and that's, that's what they're doing, though. <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of the thing where it's like, I, you know, I talked to a guy who's who's into the Final Fantasy franchise, guy who lives locally, and I told him I'm ca- I'm cautiously optimistic about the game because it looks pretty cool. I mean, the gameplay looks really fun, um, but at the same time, it's like it's something you hold near and dear to your heart because because for me that was like. Not only was it an important game for what was going on in my life, it also opened my eyes to the types of games I really like. And and now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how objectively good the remake is. It's not going to do for me what that game did so long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And and I actually just heard a podcast kind of talking on a similar concept of that um, earlier in the week, and and it got me to think about like what video games are to me now what are video games to me now like as a grown man and i know we talk about them kind of a lot on this podcast which is funny because we probably talk about them more than we probably play them people probably think we play them a ton but the reality is is maybe i'll log in and play a game on a saturday and that's about it you know and so for me 
and you can answer as well. Video games now, now that I'm a dad and I have a kid and I have a son who's into video games, now it's like I'm more interested in just watching him figure out games. It's super duper interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's five and I'm super proud of him, right? Because he, he, he finished Super Mario Odyssey and I'm like, I have like a video game prodigy on my hand. <laughs> now he's just playing on the easy mode and whatnot. And I had to help him on all the hardest parts. But anyway, it was really fascinating to watch him and he, and he has these experiences with him and uh, it is really cool. And that's kind of what video games have become for me is not is not so much about how it's going to you know affect me or the next greatest story and... Or, or whatever, but it's like, what are experiences I can share with my kids in them now? Mm-hmm. And and so now it's like, oh man, I've played through Kirby's Star Allies or whatever more times than I would ever like to, but it's so hilarious to watch like my son think through all these different ways mm-hmm. we can play the game. Or, you know, he's telling me about playing Super Smash Brothers and... Um, he he's really into the super sudden death mode because okay. you know you just die right away mm-hmm. and it's it's funny to watch like him discover that stuff through games and then what he does is he take he does exactly what I did as a kid he takes the imagine he takes his imagination and all these things going on in video games and he plays with his toys like that so I'll hear him <laughs> like saying like this is Mario doing this and you know Link doing that and it's it's hilarious because. Um, it's so much how I was and, and that's kind of where the joy is it's like you see your younger self in that and it's like okay that's what it's about now mm-hmm. um, why do you still play video games you don't have kids no I don't I mean they're fun yeah um, they're released sometimes it's like it's nice to like if you know like buddy's gonna be playing the same game Thursday it's like okay let's just hop on and just talk and get super frustrated as we yeah. die online because we're not that good yeah, <laughs> um, yeah playing modern warfare remastered has been fun yes it has yeah. it has been hilarious um but yeah i mean it's most of the time like it's like i like single story games yeah so singer single player story games um it's so like i've been playing through spider-man but i've been playing through it for Two eight weeks, so it's been like eight weeks, and I'm only like thirty four percent through this the f- campaign, which is kind of embarrassing because it's super short. <laughs> You'll get through it. It's, it, I mean, it's a fun game. It's it is. probably my favorite Spider Man game to date. It's um, good. Yes, yes, I, I really like the mechanics. I like, I like the gameplay. It's very reminiscent of like Arkham City. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Um, also, I just picked up Arkham Knight on PlayStation Plus, so I'm, I haven't played it yet. Oh, you never played? I've that never one? played that one. So yeah, Arkham City was fun. It was just long. Yeah, I so. played through Arkham Knight. That was the last game I played through before I had any kids. Okay. Yeah, Arkham okay. Knight was the last game I played. No, not ah, that's not true. I did have Leo. He was really young. <laughs> um, Forgettable. No, 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 no. It's not that. Um, it's like, because cause you have those so moments. So you were in Jersey too. then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And, uh, yeah, that game, it's fun. Except, I heard the Batmobile yeah, portion gotta, sucked. And it's not even the Batmobile portion. It's the fact that you have, there's like this part of the game where you have to drag it around with a grappling hook, and it's like, why? Why is this, exa- why is this a thing? Like, what is going on? 
Okay. This never happens in in Batman. Batman, yeah. And this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will look forward to that. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, they took that part out of the game somehow. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of interested. I'm I'm intrigued because it was. I love the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. I just never, never was interested to play Knight. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I played it because I liked all three of them, but I played yeah. I played Arkham. What, what was it? Origins. I never played that one. I played that no. one. I finished that one. Okay. Yeah, that one was interesting. That one was. It was like a prequel to Asylum. Yeah. But yeah, no. And then I'm like, oh, I really don't want to play another one of these. Oh, see, but it's free, so I might as well pick it up. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, and that's the thing too is, is video games too. You also have to do the the evaluation of is it worth my money right. to get this sixty dollar game? Because I mean, I have a decent job, I make decent money, I can afford to spend sixty dollars on a game. But at the end of the day, it's like, is that a good use of my money? Right? right? Like, am I being a good steward? Right. At right. This point? Yeah. It, for something I'm basically doing by myself for X amount of hours. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think there's, especially for for me being a little introverted, that alone refreshing time is important. But, you know. Can I just say something really quick? Yeah. Talking about spending money on video games. Okay, what is up with Activision and just being thieves? (laughs) Are you talking about how they're doing the thing with 2K? No, 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 no. That's 2K, obviously. What's Activision doing? <laughs> so, so what was it? We were, m- me and my sister's boyfriend. We were talking. I should have said. I should say, my sister's boyfriend and I were talking the other day, and we were having this discussion, and I can't remember. We were talking about Call of Duty. Okay. Okay. And I can't remember which which installment we were talking about. I was like, dude, let's just pick it up. Like, let's just pick it up and start playing. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it wasn't remastered. It was like Ghost or something like that. I can't remember why. I don't remember why we were talking about picking it up. Um, I said, it has to be somewhat decently priced on on PlayStation uh, PlayStation Network mm-hmm. or the PlayStation Store. On the, I'm like, he goes, dude, it's $34.99. And I'm like, the game has been out. For like six, seven years. And if you go to GameStop and pick up a disc, it's like four bucks. Yeah, that's (laughs) the way to do it. Yeah, But then at the same time, it's just like, like, are people still buying it at that price? Like, I don't understand. Like, is that the problem with digital, like going digital? I I think that's currently a problem on the consoles. I... and I agree with you because Steam is not like that. Yeah, Steam um, seems to get you can get some pretty good prices. I mean, they still have those, but like, at the same time, too, MSRPs. nobody's selling discs, right? For PC games, it's all Steam. Yeah, it's all it's all a digital storefront now. Right. Which I mean, I I still think right now is a great time to if you like playing games and you utilize a computer in any way, shape, or form, build a gaming PC. It'll do a lot of your workload. I mean, it'll do everything you need to workload-wise. And then you can play the game, occasional game on it or not. I know for me, like, I do 
everything on my desktop now. Like I do all my yeah. res- I do all my research. I do all that type of stuff, and it's like it's so nice having a high powered PC. And then Where'd you put it, it? it's in my room. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would like to begin finding out a way if I could utilize it for the podcast but mm-hmm. I need to be able to set up an aggregate device on it and I can't figure out how to do that on Windows yet but okay. I'll figure it out <sighs> fun yeah man it's been an hour we typically like to keep these to an hour any closing thoughts no I am tired I jo- mean, Josh is starting to go into dream zone dreamland yeah, it's bad it happens it, he listened to me talk to final, about Final I don't know Fantasy what it is though for but like I've been like I've been dragging for weeks yeah I don't know if it's like, I don't know. Like, and I thought it might have been the gym, and I took a week and a half off from the gym, and I still felt just mm. as tired Interesting. as I did. Now I'm back at the gym, and I feel even more tired. So, mm. <laughs> Well, I have, I have tried to up the amount of sleep I'm getting on a night. I almost thought you were about to say you tried to up the caffeine you were trying to get. <laughs> no, I'm trying to decrease. Decrease okay. my caffeine intake. Increase the amount of sleep I'm getting. And I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah. Because I'm so used to just like staying up late and getting up early. I'm having a hard time going to sleep at night. It's really weird. That was me when I used to work at the airport. It's just awful. Yeah. It's terrible. I used to get an average of like four to five hours of sleep a night. It yeah. sucked. It was the worst. Yeah. Anyone who's it. listening to this, when you do graduate school work, try and keep as normal of a sleep schedule as possible. Because what has happened to me is I've gotten this really irregular sleep schedule where I will stay up very late multiple nights a week. And then on Friday nights, Friday nights, You're I, out. I don't have to know. I don't have to go to work on Saturday. So it's like, all right, I'm going to crank out a ton because I don't want to do any work over the weekend. So then I'll stay up to like 1, 2 in the morning. And then I'll get up on Saturday, like 9, 9 o'clock, if my kids will sleep in that late. I Typically, I'll let them sleep. I'll let them stay up a little later on Friday. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 10 o'clock. You can stay up for another half hour. No problem. No problem. You're Hopefully. five, you're four, no big deal. <laughs> Hopefully you sleep in. Uh, and they typically don't. don't. So anyway, what happens is I <laughs> I will come out here and I'll like I'll serve them some, some cereal or something because I like to give my wife a chance to sleep in on the weekends because I am home and uh, serve them some cereal, put on some television, and I'll just like zonk out on the couch over there. It's all good, guys. <laughs> it's all. I might edit that out of the podcast. You might. They might send me to jail. Why? I don't know. They're Why? crazy these days. I don't get it. We should talk about that next time. What, parenting? Or how <laughs> sensitive people are to yeah. whatever? Yeah. I'm a pretty good dad. You can ask Josh. He's around my kids a lot. Yep. I'm a pretty good dad. I get a little frustrated when they don't listen, but I think that's typical. Yeah. Granted, they know exactly what buttons to push, and they push them regularly. Yeah, they do. They do. And they're only five and four. Wait until they're teenagers. I and I have a daughter who is not <laughs> quite two yet. And she's just like, she's, she's got me wrapped around her finger. I don't like it. Uh, don't but like at least, it. 
you, at least you're admitting the problem. That's the first step in recovery. Yeah, it's, it's all me. I am the problem. I am the problem here. It's just, if you're out there, if if you have two sons and then you have this princess come into your life, you're done. <laughs> Game over. Game over. You're melted. Like, it's... <laughs> there's just so many things about being a dad to a daughter that it's like, oh my goodness. So adorable. She thinks I'm the greatest thing on the planet. You know, like... You know, she's going to be a super tough cookie because of your boys. Oh, man. <laughs> like, they try and grab her, like, Minnie and Daisy doll that she has, and she's she's swinging, man. She's just swinging fists. <laughs> she's not even, she's not even, no tantrums, no crying, nothing like that. She's going straight for the, <laughs> straight for the face shot. Like, she, she, she knows, she knows that she's, she needs to take charge. Because <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, I, I tell my sons time and time again, guys, she's not even two. You guys have millions of toys. We didn't buy her nearly as many toys as our sons have, right? Because we just found out as time goes by, kids just don't play with them. Right. And yeah, so she has these, works. she has the, a few, a handful of toys she just really loves, which is great, right? Because it's nice when kids really mm-hmm. love something and they don't want new stuff all of the time. She has these things she really loves, and my son's just, for some reason or another, they have millions, millions <laughs> of toys, right? And the, the toys they want are hers. It's like, oh, Aria, let me see Minnie. Oh, look at this. I got Minnie. It's so funny, right? No. <laughs> Give it back to her. <laughs> now I got to discipline her for hitting, and I got to discipline <laughs> you for stealing, and it's like, can't you guys just make my job easier and go play with your, your trucks and your cars and your planes? <laughs> I love my children. They're awesome. They're so cool. Um, but the the reality is, is being a parent is a lot of work. Is is a lot of work, and it's just at sometimes it's like I say these things over and over and over again. But when I, I do, the way I kind of get through this is I look at all of the crazy things that happen on a daily basis. I look back at them. I laugh at them. That's the only way you can do it. It's like oh, that was pretty funny, or like. Another thing I do as a dad is when I screw up or I get too mad or maybe I I yell when I shouldn't have. I'm very quick to apologize to my kids and I he let is. them. Yes, I watch it. I let them know right away, like, "Hey, I got mad there. I shouldn't have done that." Because all it does is it teaches your kids when they get frustrated. Because I've seen it with my son, what will he do? Ah! <laughs> 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 oh man. They did see me do that. <laughs> I'm just going to make a mention uh, of this. And it might be just because it's... Blah, blah, I can't talk. It might be because right now we're pushing the 11. Ah. Um, but for for a hot second, you sounded like John Mulaney. Who's that? The comedian? I don't know who that is. Dude, you got to look him up. I will. He's hilarious. And he's pretty clean. Okay. Um... But yeah, no, like you just, you came out. I'm just like, I'm, I'm watching John Mulaney right now. Because <laughs> like you got this like slight like New York accent come out. It comes out of me. I spent too much time on the East Coast, man. Like every once in a while, 
Someone at work was just telling me, when I tell stories, when I get really into the stories yeah. I tell, I start to talk like somebody from the East Coast, and it's like, you know what? I probably picked that up when I was living on the East Coast, because on the East Coast, storytellers, man. Everyone's a storyteller. <laughs> Everyone's got a story, and there's like the... <laughs> It's like this one-upping mentality, too, of like, right. oh, you, when you were down at the Jersey Shore, you saw this. Well, guess what? I saw this. And it's like, <laughs> oh, jeez. My goodness. Oh, I love GTL culture. It's hilarious. But anyway, we're getting way out into the weeds right now. <laughs> uh, Josh, anything left to say? Or are you just ready to go to bed? Um, No, I don't think I got anything else. Might hit up Giant Eagle and pick up some things. Nice. Soup? No. <laughs> uh, for anyone. I might go tomorrow. That was a know. comment. That was a comment for the true fans of the after Sunday discussion. I have yet to buy soup from there ever again. Uh, that was awful. I, it was terrible. I thought it was chunky soup, man. It, they they marketed oh, me. Oh, it was oh. <laughs> Anyway, well, let's wrap it up. Um, everybody, thank you for listening to the After Sunday discussion. You guys know all the stuff. E43collective.com. You can find out about our ministry-focused podcast, Raking Coals. Please give us reviews. Stars that you're supposed to give us come in the amount of five. Do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or any podcast service that you use. However, I prefer that you do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because those are the easiest ones to check. And you guys have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye. Bye.